Hello and welcome to the podcast edition of ANC's Matters of Fact. I'm Christian Esguera. So welcome to this week's ANC Matters of Fact podcast. Of course, you know that different countries are still uh, grappling with this uh, public health crisis. Now for this week's podcast, we're joined by uh, one of the leading experts in the field here in the Philippines. Uh, he's uh, Dr. Eric Tayag. He used to head the National Epidemiology Center of the Philippine Department of Health. Is both a, an epidemiologist and also an infectious diseases specialist. Uh, thank you very much, Dr. Tayag, for joining us on this podcast. Thank you, Christian, for the invitation. And I'd like to say hello to everyone who's watching right now. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. Uh, it's been a long time since we <laughs> last spoke with each other. It's been years, I think. Quite a long time, I think. We should celebrate an anniversary, Christian. What, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, of course, our topic today is uh, something which is very uh, problematic. Uh, it has killed uh, tens of thousands of people across the world. In the Philippines, we have uh, at least 2,000 confirmed cases and at least 88,000 fatalities uh, because of COVID-19. Now, of course, uh, when you listen to different discussions about the topic, uh, you see a lot of experts, quote-unquote, talking about the issue. But one, uh, one particular expertise that stands out is, is that of the epidemiologist, basically epidemiology. Now, I'd like to, to start this podcast by talking about the science of epidemiology, why this is very important at this time. It's the science of the distribution of diseases especially finding out the health status of a population that's the human population and of course finding the factors that influence the occurrence of these diseases that's determinants in our language so we actually ask the question why why did this happen how did this happen epidemiologists were and are still called today disease detectives it's like looking for clues looking for who done it how was that it happened like this so those are the questions epidemiologists would ask first and foremost and it's about public health because epidemiology is the heart of public health question how is epidemiology different from uh, other uh, fields in medicine? For example, uh, cardiology, infectious diseases, uh, neurosurgery, for example? Because it's based on causal thinking, well, the other disciplines will also claim to this, it's about the population, not individuals. That's the one unique feature of epidemiology. So, for example, if you didn't figure out in a car accident because you wore your seatbelts and because, for example, you were not drunk, you passed the breath analyzer test, these are epidemiologic observations that led to such policies so that accidents can be prevented or if there are accidents, there are fewer injuries for the public. And that's one example of how epidemiology has contributed. It has been with us for over 150 years, mm -hmm. starting with John Snow's epic cholera investigation mm -hmm. that uh, he described in England, wherein he was able to determine 
that there was contaminated water coming out of select pumps in the area in London. And so therefore, a simple intervention as not allowing people to get their drinking water from it actually contained outbreaks. So epidemiology is also concerned with outbreaks, epidemics, some people would call these outbreaks. So this is uh, why epidemiology is a very important discipline, a very important science, especially at this time during the COVID-19 pandemic. So you mentioned that uh, epidemiology talks about the causes, the root causes uh, of certain diseases that, uh, that is experienced by, uh, by a big chunk of, uh, of the population, or in this case, pandemic. No. So it's all, it, for example, it's right picture. Yes, Christian. For example, right now, we ask the question, why is it that there is enhanced community quarantine in many areas in the country. In fact, it's zone-wide. Are we reporting cases that, so what's happening? Okay. We have practically closer borders. So where are cases coming from? Mm. So an epidemiologist would ask that, like me. Mm. And so therefore, we begin to look for clues. Okay. And those clues are related to our understanding how COVID is transmitted, how the virus is spread. For example, we know it's person-to-person transmission. It's droplet infection, when if someone coughs or sneezes and you are within distance, it can easily go into our eyes, especially if we also touch surfaces where those droplets actually land and touch our faces without washing our hands. Mm. And so there's a clue. The second clue is, so there should be a gathering where people are in close contact. So there's the concept of close contact. For example, is talking to someone casual or close contact? Many epidemiologists would consider a 10-minute face-to-face talk, a close one, as a close contact. Mm-hmm. In a room, seeing the same people for more than two hours, that already constitutes a close contact. Mm-hmm. At home, everyone is a close contact. And because of those concepts, you will now know to intervene. Okay. Now, of course, let's before we go into the uh, situation now in the Philippines, uh, let's also talk about the other expertise of yours, infectious diseases. Uh, this is also one of the most important uh, subspecialties, if I'm not mistaken, or specialty in medicine that's, that is very much applicable at this time. Yes, it's true. And I shared this with the over 250 infectious diseases experts in the country. Um, I was past president of the Philippine Society for Microbiology and Infectious Diseases. I practiced my infectious diseases as a clinician at the San Lazaro Hospital and then changed my hat into epidemiology. And I combined the, both disciplines. And so I have a wider understanding. And I also would like to thank the experts who have shared the information on COVID outbreaks, its management, because those information are vital. As 
what I'm trying to share now, Christian. So, so far, how are we faring when it comes to efforts to contain COVID-19 here in the Philippines? The curve is still upward. The cases are reported on a daily basis as soon as the tests are available. But the epidemiologists break it down to a graph, an epidemic curve, we call it, that tallies the reported cases in terms of not when the tests were out or the reports were given, but based on the onset of illness. So there's another tally. And that shows you the true progression of COVID. And so right now, it is steeply increasing by morbidity weeks. So we don't count it by days. It's by weeks. And it's steep. The curve is steep. And so therefore, the question is, is this going to increase more logarithmically by leaps and bounds? And how are we going to flatten the curve? That this is slow than the transmission. And so epidemiology now works. Mm-hmm. How do we find out what's happening? And so therefore, just like what the WHO has prescribed, we have to test, do contact tracing, and when we know who are sick, and who are exposed, we quarantine those who are exposed, we isolate those who are sick, and if these cases will manifest with severe illness or become critical, they're brought to the hospital so that care and treatment can be provided, and hopefully they survive. Mm. And if they die, that's a sad story to tell. Every death is a puzzle, but it is also a solution to what we have now, Christian. How soon can we know whether this uh, Luzon-wide community quarantine or enhanced community quarantine is actually working? We can monitor, for example, in a particular area where it has, there was a lockdown. And if more cases are being detected from that area, Something must be wrong. So, is the situation. The old mindset is that we might catch the virus somewhere. That's why it's a stay home. But what if we change that mindset and think, I have the virus perhaps, and I can give it to someone else, maybe a household member, a family member, or a friend, or someone I just talked outside at home. And so therefore, if we change our mindset, when government says stay home, you think before getting out of your homes. Do I have the symptoms? Would I spread the virus to others? And so therefore, that thinking will lead us to containment. But if our mindset is that, oh, somebody's going, I'm going to catch it from someone. And so we have a problem with that because you think you will not 
give it to someone, what you're thinking is somebody else would give it to you. Mm-hmm. So what happens? Every time a patient is brought to the hospital, you ask the question, why? Why is there a patient? What happened to stay at home? Was it possible that this patient had exposure to someone who is considered a confirmed case or a PUI person under investigation? And so therefore, he caught the infection? That's one possibility. Or did someone break quarantine, went out, did not listen to authorities, had a contact with other people, not knowing that the other people, not mindful that they were actually sick and should have stayed home, they catch the virus. Mm. And then in 5 to 14 days, they become sick. And in families or households, here's the secret question mm. I want to share. It's not about people gathering together. It starts at home. At home, so physical distancing should not only be observed outside the home. It should be observed within the home. That's why it's going to be difficult for many households. There's not enough space. And so local government are looking for solutions. If somebody is sick, should they stay home? What's their situation in that home? Mm -hmm. It's too crowded. So that's a no-no. And so therefore... They have to find appropriate places where they can actually put these persons and make sure quarantine is observed. And many local governments are thinking about this. And, but not everyone can do that. So it starts with individuals and families, Christians, really. And as you mentioned, mindset. So let's say I'm someone who is uh, supposed to be um, under quarantine. I have to think whether... I am infected or I must assume that I'm infected so that I won't be able to pass the virus on. Yes. As soon as you leave your home, you may catch it from anyone. Not because everyone has the virus, but because someone forgot to stay home Mm -hmm. when they know they are already sick. And this story will repeat and repeat and repeat. And the evidence, as soon as somebody hears from the news that someone was positive for COVID, everyone goes on to panic. Oh, I was with that person on these dates. Why why did they expose us to the virus? Mm. Because that person prefer not to stay home. Mm-hmm. They didn't think that they would infect others. And mm-hmm. so they put others at risk when they violated that stay home policy. But of course, it's not as simple as that Christian because stay home is difficult. Mm-hmm. Look what's happening. Someone has to get food for the family. Someone has to work. Not everyone can work at home. Somebody has to report because they should, like health workers. They cannot stay home. They they have to be in hospitals. But stay home also 
should be a policy for health workers. What do I mean? They don't go home. The hospital should provide a new home for them. So staying home doesn't mean staying at your home. But if you are a critical frontliner, when we have this enhanced community quarantine, a new home should be provided so that your movements are monitored. You make sure that when you go home, nobody in your family is going to catch the virus in case you have it. Okay. And it's going to be favorable, for example, for hospitals. You don't have to transport everyone. There is a dormitory structure, for example, near the hospital. Everyone is there. And so it makes it easier for the health workers to access their place of work. Now, how about but Christian? Mm. Is everybody doing it or have they started? And we hope they're doing it. Mm. Now, of course, the Luzon-wide community quarantine took effect on March 17. It will end on March on April 12. Now, uh, do we have enough period? Is the period enough already for us to gauge whether it is working or not? It's an arbitrary date. It's a goal. Don't think of it as if it's a prediction that everything becomes back to normal on that date. Mm. It, is, it is actually a goal set by our president. It is a goal for everyone. So if it is a goal, don't look at this as a prediction from the president that on such date, everything will be back to normal. There will be no cases. The hospital will be empty of COVID cases. Everyone will not stay home anymore. It's not. That's a target date. It's a message for all concerned, me, you, government, local government, sector, that if this is the target, what must we do now so that indeed, when that date comes around, we've achieved our mission, we've achieved our goal. Actually, so that's how you think about these dates. Yeah. Actually, Dr. Taig, my, 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 my question is regarding the point of view of an epidemiologist. For example, we know that the uh, incubation period is between 5 and 14 days, right? For COVID-19. So since we started the... That's after 14 days, as early as 5 days. That's correct, Christian. So we started the community quarantine, effective March 17. So we, we have to wait at least two weeks to, to, to get indicate an indication on whether this particular measure is working. Is that correct? It's not as simple as that, Christian. Our testing kits were not so many, but now it's a, we should acknowledge that testing kits are game changers. We have to congratulate the FDA because they have approved so many testing kits. But the question is, it's not to test or not to test, but how soon can we test so that we can separate those who are positive from those who are negative? So that calls for more effective quarantine. And that also improves the decision-making of our doctors in the hospitals. Imagine, imagine right now, Christian, 
we are sending patients to the hospitals. They take their swabs. They have to wait for days to know the results. In the meantime, the doctors cannot just discharge them. Then they are wavering whether to use the treatment protocols for COVID. They're not sure, although they should be guided by their, by their suspicion that even without the result, I should proceed to manage these cases as COVID. But of course, you have to think of your resources. So if you have a test that can accurately detect the presence or absence of the virus or antibodies for that matter, then you can have smooth sailing in the hospital. You'll not be overcrowded. You can make decisions. You don't waver on your decisions. And this also improves the confidence of the doctors to actually treat their patients. Doctor, of course, we're now under an enhanced community quarantine, but should we also implement mass testing at this time to give us a good picture or a real picture of this, uh, of okay. this scale of infection? Okay. Mass testing doesn't mean testing every Filipino. That's over 100 million. That's not mass testing. Mass testing is done to answer these questions. Where are the cases right now? Have our confirmed cases exposed any contacts? And so therefore, any of these contacts are ill. And so therefore, we have to know if they have a positive or negative test. And we have to protect the health workers. So regularly, regardless if they have symptoms, the protocol now is that they should be tested regularly, especially the frontliners who have been exposed more to these COVID cases. Now, the name of the game is for doctors to reduce their exposures. So eight hours, it's because we lack the doctors, but if you really have to be strategic about it, how about reducing their exposure to four hours? How about reducing the exposure of one doctor to just two patients during a four-hour shift? They rest, then another team comes in. So that reduces the risk of exposure. Compare it to a situation wherein the doctors are working 12-hour shifts and more than five patients, that increases the risk to make mistakes. We're only humans. Even if we don't, the PPEs, okay, there is no Superman in doctors. You will miss. You will breach your protection. And so, therefore, to reduce this, you have to be very strategic. Why not reduce the number of hours of getting these doctors exposed? So what does that mean? You have to have more PPEs, you have to have more doctors, and that's why volunteers, please help. If you only have doctors already working in the hospitals, that's not going to be enough. Imagine if there was a breach in protecting them. A significant number of them will be quarantined. So who is left to work with the Doctors in China, 
there was this strategy. They designated hospitals only for COVID patients. They closed all outpatient clinics or consultations. So where did the where did the other patients go? Those, for example, who are about to give birth, they were housed in another hospital, and these hospitals are for non-COVID patients only. Mm. So mm. there's an effective quarantine also among hospitals. Oh. If you want to think about it, Christian. Okay. So I think that's also part of the uh, strategies uh, being implemented now by the Philippine government. Uh, but I like to focus on the mass testing. When you talk about mass testing, we're not talking of uh, testing all 105 million Filipinos, of course. So who should be the, the target, the priority, so to speak, uh, in a mass testing at this time? Okay. For example, a patient turns positive in the hospital. That report is privately and confidentially shared to the barangay, to the local government. And so, therefore, our epidemiologists or other allied health workers who know the protocol will do a visit to households because they have now list of potential contacts. So our usual suspects are all household members. So with enough test kits, they can do tests for all household members. Who came in close. Even those without symptoms. Yeah, even those without symptoms. They can, they can decide on that. If we are running out of test kits, then limit it to those who have symptoms, mild symptoms. Right now, we have limited the use of tests for cases brought to the hospital. But with mass testing, with many testing kits, we may decide to test those with mild symptoms and even those who are asymptomatic, especially if those asymptomatic are close contacts of a confirmed case. Uh, Another population for a mass testing are health workers, as I mentioned earlier. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just to clarify, because uh, people might be confused that uh, if you are in favor of uh, including the symptomatics in a mass te- in a mass testing situation at this time, for example, so can anyone who is not actually showing any symptoms of the COVID nineteen uh, walk in a hospital and have uh, himself tested, or should there be a qualifier that he must have had uh, close contact? with someone who actually tested positive? That's correct. That can be the protocol. Hmm. That's correct, Christian. You look at your capacity to test. You look at your goal in identifying or detecting all cases that may have been infected with the COVID virus. So that's what you do. For the doctors, okay, it's no contest. They have to have regular test whether or not they have symptoms okay. and how regular That's regular how regular doctors because they risk they risk well the recommendation is at least every week but okay. if you had more tests every three days okay so at this point uh, during the quarantine uh, in the philippines 
uh, should we conduct mass testing for those uh, people that you identified? Again, to clarify, not all Filipinos. Okay. First of all, everyone must stay home. Think that you're carrying the virus. Think that you might give it to someone else if you step out of your home. Second, for the cases, so we start with those brought in hospitals. So those authorities concerned with contact tracing will trace the steps of these confirmed cases, trace the steps. Where have they have been to? So if they've been at home, you start with the close contacts at home. If these cases, confirmed cases, say that they were in a meeting, they went, they went out to work, so you do tracing at the place of work. Mm-hmm. Now, as soon as you identify the contacts, you'll be able to find out if someone got sick. So if someone gets sick, they're most likely got infected with the virus. But you have to confirm, and so you do a test. So that's decision-making, okay? And so, therefore, you wanted to catch it early, for example. And for those others who do not have a test, even without the testing, and they they have high suspicion that this is a confirmed case, so they already do early contact tracing, even without testing, even without the results. And so therefore, they now impose quarantine at home mm-hmm. because you have to, head, to be ahead of the virus history. So, so, so what's your recommendation at this point? Uh, what should we do? We're now under quarantine. Should we also implement mass testing during this quarantine? You have to break it down to the barangay level. There should be information directly available to local governments. And in fact, many cities here in Manila are able to have information which barangay has cases. And so therefore, they are able to have a strict implementation of quarantine. But what we all forget, the quarantine starts at home. It's not in the barangay. It's at home. For example, in my household, Christian, I've been working at home. I've been working at home. But because I have the means. Okay. And so, therefore, even at home, we practice physical distancing. We don't use social distancing anymore, Christian. Mm -hmm. It's a vague word. Yeah. Social means going to a gathering, going to church, going to some meeting. So we better use physical distancing. Isang dipa. Okay? So even at home, you shouldn't be close to each other. In fact, you can eat one by one, not together, if you don't have enough space. Okay? There has to be a plan, even within your homes, how you can impose physical distancing, even if someone is not sick yet. Mm. So that when time comes, that one is actually sick, you have already rehearsed, mm. and it's not going to be something new. Okay. 
So 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 basically, as a matter of policy, is it advisable to conduct mass testing during the quarantine or not? Or are you suggesting that you focus on specific villages or barangay? It is based on the epidemiologic data available. So, for example, why will you do mass ten mass testing in a village or barangay which has not reported any case? Okay. So, why will you do that? Okay. So, perhaps I would say one case in a barangay does not call for a mass testing. Perhaps a cluster of cases. And of course, you look at the time period. For example, I have five cases in this barangay. So, I do mass testing. And then when you look at your data, the cases were one case per week okay compare it to a situation where in suddenly in three days you have five cases so that's different so between situation a and situation b i would do mass testing i would do mass testing with situation b because Suddenly, there were five cases in just three days. In that particular, so that's how you look at the data. Yeah, you don't you don't look at absolute numbers. For example, we have two thousand eighty four cases. What we want to know is how many cases were reported based on the onset of illness on a weekly basis. Because people tend, might, might, might confuse the concept of mass testing, which you already clarified. So, for example, do you agree that it's important to conduct mass testing at this time during the quarantine? But it has to be specific to an area. Okay. One, there should be a firm basis for doing it. And those situations I already mentioned. Okay. Two, you have enough testing kits that were approved by the FDA for you to use. For example, Marikino was not able to use their testing kits because they did not have the biosafety levels for the laboratory that requires these testing kits. Mm. Third, you have enough people to do the test. Mm. Fourth, you have prepared people in the community that you're going to do this. Why? We are getting reports, Christian, that there's a stigma and discrimination. Yeah. It's like a red paint put in their households. There's a cordon. It's as if that all people in these homes, because there was one confirmed case, are off limits. Mm. They cannot get out. Okay? They have to be shunned away. And of course, we, we have heard stories of health workers suffering the same fate. They are being evicted from their dormitories or apartments or temporary shelters. Nobody wants to talk to a doctor. Okay, everybody's covering their mouth. Every doctor in town is actually suspected carrying the virus. When and every one of us must be carrying the virus ourselves. Mm. And so therefore, when 
the doctors who died, I prayed for them. I reported. It also enhances more their thinking. Uh, oh, the doctors are the ones who get the virus. And so, therefore, the thinking goes haywire. They think that it's only from the doctors. No, as I mentioned earlier, Christian, think that each of us may have the virus. Uh, Doctor, you identified the, the qualifiers, the conditions for Does, does that explain it, Christian? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned certain yeah. uh, conditions uh, or basically factors or requirements before we could actually implement mass testing during the quarantine. The next question is, are we capable now to do it? Right now, if you ask me, it's going to happen this week? Probably not. Because there are many things to do. One, where do we send the testing kits? Where do you use them? Of course, the priorities will be hospitals. And I already mentioned that. So let's say you have an N number of testing kits. Then you deduct from them the hospitals that need these testing kits. Mm. So it's practically all hospitals in the country. Mm. So do you have the substantial amount? So when you deduct the number of testing kits you will distribute to the hospitals, you have a remaining number of testing kits. With this remaining number of testing kits, you know, ask yourselves, is this enough for me to do mass testing? If it's not enough, can I do it even with this amount or number of testing kits? If you say yes, then which should I prioritize? Should it be Metro Manila? You should be guided by your data. So for example, mm. Manila reported over 100 cases, for example. Is that time to do mass testing? Wait. You have to break it down. You have to look at the barangays. Maybe it's just three barangays contributing majority of the cases. And so, therefore, if you don't have enough resources, you just focus on those three barangays. In summary, you have to have a plan. Okay. You have to plan like prepare the community. There's going to be testing. You have to prepare the people. You have to tell them what time's going to happen. Okay. And if it's a testing kit that gives you result in two hours, make sure it's reported in two hours, not to the media. But to the case patients or individuals themselves, you know what I'm saying, Christian? Yeah. Because we are monitoring this and many are disappointed that their loved ones have lingsons being gone and they don't have the results yet. Because the people who should get the results first, it's not the media, it's not even the DOH, it's the patient who was tested. Mm. Okay? They should know the results first. So this you gave is, your consent to be tested. So you should get the results first, Christian. So, so this is the protocol now because uh, there are more than 100,000 testing kits uh, that have been donated by at least, uh, I think, two to three countries. So Easily gone. If it is only the hospitals we're talking about. Uh -huh. So it's only for the hospitals because they are the priority for testing. 
But if there's an excess, yes. you can actually use the testing kits in different villages, but based on clear data of clustered transmission or suspected clustered infections. Yes. So you look at the data and you can plan where you can start your mass testing. And you should have a purpose for doing mass testing. But, because but, mass testing can have two different goals, Christian. Which are? It depends on the test. Mm. If you use the PCR, you're looking for actual cases. If you're using antibody tests, you're looking at a population and looking who may have been infected in the past, mm. but were not tested at that certain period, okay? But you can also do testing. Mm. So at this point, are we capable or do we have enough resources? To so it depends on the goal. Yeah. But right now, the goal that we should, yeah, the goal that we should focus on is where are the cases? Oh, pero yun, do we have enough resources already at this time during the quarantine to actually... I don't know. Mass testing. Uh, I really don't know. Yeah, it's not yet sure at this. But I'm not sure. But if this is even being considered, then they would have planned for this. That this is the number of testing kits that I need. This is where I will prioritize my mass testing. And what's the goal? To make sure that we separate those who are exposed from those who are not exposed. Or that means we are testing asymptomatics. Or we only test those who are sick and separate them from those who are not sick. Okay. So the first one is quarantine. The next one was isolation. So depending on your resources, so right now, we only test patients brought to the hospital and possibly stay in the hospital. Mm. The protocol is even those persons under investigations with mild symptoms do not get a test. Okay. But because there are more testing kits, we now include those who are mildly ill. And if there are more tests, Perhaps the contacts of confirmed cases, even if they don't have symptoms, maybe we can test them already. So there's those, the hierarchy for the needed test. You can have that hierarchy, Christian. Okay. On that note, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Eric Taeg, for, for enlightening us on the science of epidemiology. And of course, clarifying a lot of things when it comes to mass testing. Thank you very much, sir, for joining us on this podcast. And that's it for this week's episode. Catch us again next week for another edition of the Matters of Fact podcast. Music